Brothers and sisters, good evening. God bless you all. We're very excited, joyful to spend this time with you tonight and throughout the world, anywhere where you may be. Also, we wish you all the best in this year that God, may God grant you many blessings, a lot of happiness, great deal of joy, and try many triumphs. Glory to the name of the Lord. You may take your seats, please. And I would like to share with you a testimony of a person who is uh, new, new to church. He went to a European country and he is someone who came to church with questions, many questions to the congregation. He came and we talked to him about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that God speaks. And it was certainly something beautiful because the Holy Spirit in the first prophecy talked to him about something that only he knew. The Holy Spirit spoke to him about an illness he had and he said, I am going to heal you from this disease. You are not going to die because of this disease. And this person later on shared with the person who gave the prophecy to him that he, sure enough he has cancer in advanced stage, very complex, and that in his mind, in his thoughts, he was thinking that he was going to die because of this disease. And the promise of the Holy Spirit was that he was going to heal him. Sure enough, later on he underwent a surgical procedure, but, but what's shocking is that as he was being uh, operated on, he lived something wonderful. The doctors tried to do the surgery, but they couldn't do it. They tried They tried all sorts of instruments, the, the scalpels to be able to perform the cut, and they weren't able to do it. Neither laser nor anything else were they able to do the surgery. And so doctors said, no, we're going to stop. We're not going to do it today. Let's take an x-ray to see what it is that is happening. And when they took the special, this specialized test, they found the cancer had disappeared completely. Glory to the name of the Lord. This is wonderful, truly. It is something extraordinary, something very beautiful. He is astounded. He is very happy with the church. And he is someone whose job is construction. So he already said to brothers and sisters, all right, so here we have to buy a piece of land and we have to build a church in this country. In the capital of this country, we need to have a church that is ours, that is church owned, and we're going to build it. So that is the things that God puts in the hearts of people. A huge sense of gratitude and a very great joy to be able to contemplate the manifestation that is real, palpable of the living God. Glory to the name of the Lord. Blessed is our God. We feel proud of the Most High. We feel happy with the wonderful God we have who is by our side. And every day of our lives, He blesses us and He fills us with plenitude. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let us rise and we will read in our Bibles let us read in the book of Isaiah. We are going to read Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah chapter 33. Let us preach about the fear of God. That is the title of the sermon, the fear of God. Isaiah chapter 33. And we are going to read verse number 6. We are going to read for the honor and the glory of the Lord. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. And the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Amen. Glory to the Most High. You may take your seats again. And as we just read, we see that 
for the gospel, for the wonderful time in which we have the manifestation that is splendorous of the Holy Spirit, of the living God in our midst. It was announced on behalf of Isaiah the prophet that for the people of God, great blessings were forthcoming. Let us know, I would say, is it wisdom and knowledge in your times will be the stability of your times, the times of the Gospels. And so you have wisdom that, by the way, the fear of God or the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. That is what the Bible teaches us in Proverbs. And so if someone wants to be in the path of the fear of God, then the person must value wisdom, which is to know what the commandments of the Lord are, follow those commandments, wanting to fulfill those commandments, loving God with all your heart, honoring Him, exalt Him, value Him, wanting to comply with everything that the Lord established for us. That is wisdom. And also knowledge of God, how God is, how the Lord per proceeds, how can we please the Most High, how are we going to have the certainty of the manifestation of God, of His glory, of His support, which the Lord, that knowing that the Lord will give us victory, that God may be testing us, that the devil may be placing setback on our lives or a challenge in our existence, knowing in depth as fruit, uh, as a byproduct of the experience given by the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of God and the wicked one, and how to move forward to the path of the Lord and getting to this, which the Bible calls a treasure, which is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. And truly, this is stored in our hearts because we treasure it, because our greater treasure is to keep in our hearts the fear of God. What is the fear of God or the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is that in our hearts we have a firm purpose of wanting to please God, of valuing Him, of not offending Him, of not failing the Lord, of not committing any sins. What is not to fear God? The opposite. The person doesn't care whether or not he sins. The person doesn't care to keep sinning. The person doesn't care to, even though he knows that he is unknown or he knows that there is a God who lives, a God who speaks to us through the gift of prophecy, who speaks to us through dreams, who speaks to us through visions, who guides us, who knows our lives, our thoughts, our uh, the way our actions, even though all of that doesn't care about sinning and doesn't want to change. That is the complete opposite of the fear of the Lord. Whereas whoever has fear of God wants to value the Lord, wants to not doesn't want to offend him, doesn't want to sin, wants to please him, doesn't want to fail him. He doesn't want God to feel offended with our behaviors. He wants to correct his ways in whatever sins he may be committing. He wants to know the doctrine more and more every day so as to not fail the Lord. And because of that, whoever, the person who fears God is someone who then becomes a good husband or a good wife. Why? Because he has, she has fear of the Lord, because he or she respects the commandments of the Lord. The people who likewise are fearful of God, they become... For those who fear the Lord, then they are someone who are a good father, good mother, because 
they set a good example to their children and the behave their daily behavior. Likewise, he is a good neighbor, a good co-worker, a good believer, because that person has fear of God and because he is fulfilling everything the Bible teaches. For example, in the book of Leviticus, you find that the Lord told them, you should not do usury. If you charge at usury and you charge high interest to those around you, then you are failing God. You have, do not have fear of God. You do not have fear of the Lord because you take advantage of your brothers and sisters, you take advantage of those around you. In fact, back then, if they, if they said, if he said, if your brother doesn't have the means to pay you, and he says, "I want to become your slave," you must not enslave him, nor should you treat him as a slave. Keep treating him as your brother. If he wants to serve you, accept it. But whenever the the, the year of the jubilee comes, the the respect corresponding time comes, or you should always provide so he doesn't feel enslaved, so he may be free. Because you must have fear of God. Because the children of God must have fear of God. Therefore, that is the teaching of the fear of God to follow the commandments of the Lord, not to offend our God, not to sin against our neighbor. And also, David said, Where should I flee from your spirit? In Psalm 139, he said, Where would I hide from your presence? Since I was in my mother's womb, you have known me. If I go to the heights, there you would see me to the depths of the earth. Likewise, because this is the great knowledge and great analysis the believers, the followers of the Lord make, that they know God is spirit, God lives, and God manifests himself. And this sermon applies for those who are already attending a church and have been in the church for a while. And have known the manifestation of God. They know God exists. People must go away from sin. If a person truly fears God and doesn't want to offend God, then they must change. They must turn away from sin because that is the fear of God. And also for those who are newcomers to church who are just starting to join us and are starting to know that God speaks, that God manifests himself, that God lives, that God is real, that God exists, those people will also start to acquire this knowledge and say, I'm going to believe in that God. I'm going to trust in that God who is a God in spirit. He is not an image. He is not a statue, but rather he is a God whose spirit who exists and is real. And I'm going to love him. And I'm going to follow him and I'm going to revere him and I'm going to honor him. Therefore, this sermon of the fear of God shelters those kinds of people and we are going to see examples, the biblical examples in the Old Testament, which illustrate to us the way the fear of God was something that was present from the beginning. And we are going to find in the book of Genesis 22, a specific example as to how in the case of Abraham, when God gave him the command to sacrifice his son, Despite the fact that he had this wonderful promise, which was that God would give him a son, even in his own old age, Abraham, after he received that promise and God fulfilled it because Isaac was born, he received a command from God. And in that command of the Lord, the Lord told him 
that he should offer a sacrifice with using his son and that and this was his promise and Abraham int intended to follow the command God gave him and Abraham the Bible states obeyed he feared he followed that command of the Lord and when he went about to sacrifice and God intervened and said now I know that you he doesn't say you love me. He said that you fear me, that you have fear of me. Why? Because Abraham, the only thing he wanted was to please God, for God to feel pleased, to love God, to honor him, for God to be happy with him, not to offend him with anything, which is something called fear of God. And that's what the Lord told him. Now I know that you truly have the fear of God in your life because you did not complain nor did you say but what do you mean this is contradictory this doesn't make any sense on one hand you promise that you're going to give me my son and now that I have my son you're telling me that no that I should check over and I don't understand no I don't understand this what is going on here something's not working Lord what's going on no no reproach from Abraham and that is why in verse 12 in Genesis 22, it states, And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Meaning, you fear God because of what you're doing. You're proving to me very profound love. And you're proving to me that you want to please me, that you value me. Because that is called to fear God. And there's another example in the Bible in Genesis chapter 39 which where we find Joseph Joseph was brought out from jail he was set free from jail and God supported him helped him and there was an Egyptian who hired him to help manage all his affairs of the of his house and Joseph experienced a test and it was through the wife of his boss who tried to seduce him. And Joseph did not accept absolutely anything. Why? Because Joseph had fear of God, because Joseph didn't want to offend God, because Joseph wanted to please God. And because of that, what did he do? He wanted to fulfill the commandments of the Lord. And Joseph knew very well that he could not commit adultery that he had to respect God. And not only Joseph, the whole time through, was it, he was thinking not to sin about God, meaning not to offend God because he had fear of God. But, but also Joseph, the whole time through, was thinking about his boss. He also thought about his boss. He always said, no, I can't fail my boss because my boss has trusted me. My boss gave me all of this. I can't sin again against my neighbor. That's called fear of God. And it is the same love toward God and toward the neighbor as toward ourselves. And that was Joseph's behavior, which we find here in verse number 7 through verse 10. But in verse number 9, it states, There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from you but you, the wife of his boss, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? And sin against God, he was thinking about his boss, but also he was thinking about God. 
And he said, how could I do this great wickedness and sin, meaning offend God? I repeat, a person who doesn't have fear of God doesn't care about offending God. He doesn't care about sinning. He doesn't care whether or not God will see him. He doesn't care what God may think. He doesn't care that God feels offended. He doesn't care for God to be feel sad or grieved. He doesn't care the devil will come and accuse him with God. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about losing his blessings or anything. He, it's as simple as the person wants to live his moment because he loves himself too much because he is an adulterer of himself and because he wants to satisfy his own desires, his own lusts and desires, and that's it. But he doesn't think about God. doesn't think that he's going to offend God. No, because he doesn't have any fear of God. Now, let us read in Genesis chapter 31. Here, it is interesting to see the way how Jacob was talking to Laban, his, his father-in-law, telling him that God helped him and God defended him against Laban because Laban deceived him several times, deceived him with his daughters, deceived him also with his salary, and that God came out in his aid and his support because he gave Laban a dream. And in the dream, God defended Jacob and told his father-in-law to be careful not to try, not to speak harshly to, against Jacob. And Jacob said, but this is because of my father, because of Isaac. This is because of my grandfather, Abraham. This is because my father lived that which is called the, the, uh, the fear of Isaac. And it's very beautiful the way he says it because it implies that the, that fear of God, which you read the fear of God and you say, well, that fear of God is uh, being afraid. And if you, fear, you read fear, that refers to being afraid. But as it turns out, the fear of God in the Bible is... The complete opposite, the fear of God, is a profound love toward God, not wanting to offend God, valuing the Lord, honoring Him, not wanting to sin, not wanting to fail the Lord, revere God, praise Him, exalt Him. And in the Bible, there are other episodes, and we're going to see them shortly, where the Bible tells us about being afraid of God or fearing God, where the Bible says that they were afraid of God, or generally speaking, in different contexts, where you could truly surmise that it refers to being afraid, and that that exists in the Bible too, that there are people who at certain points in time, they were moved by their, their being afraid of God, and that is also important to learn it and know it. But the children of God go far beyond fear or being afraid and they take a greater step, a, a greater step to come closer to God, which is no longer one of being afraid, but rather one of being of worshiping and loving and being obedient and dedication to God, valuing the things of God, pleasing Him. And then they do all things as moved by that mo that greater motivation of their love toward God and not because of their motivation of the fear of punishment. And so we are analyzing the situations wherein those greater motivations of loving God were the ones who fueled the behavior of these men of God 
And we see this here with these words from Jacob in Genesis chapter 31, verse number 42. When, But in fact, verse 41, he said, the, the problem he has, Thus I have been in your house 20 years. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages 10 times. That was all the things he lived. Unless the God of my father, meaning the God of my, my father is Isaac, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac. Here it says, in the fear of Isaac. The, if, unless the, the God of my father, Isaac, the God of Abraham, his grandfather, and the fear of Isaac. The fear of Isaac was the fear of God that dwelled within Isaac toward the Lord, which was the fear of God that, that was that characterized him, loving God, not wanting to offend him, wanting to please him always, not sinning. That is why... It was called in the fear of Isaac. It, that's a very beautiful expression. It's poetic. It is romantic. It is it is an inspiration for us, the fear of Isaac, that we could also be led by our life by the fear of so-and-so, the fear of so-and-so, which represents the fear of God, which is, every, which is all the things we've been saying, not being afraid of God's punishment, but a profound sense of love. This is what he did. And that caused God to come in his aid and to see his affliction as stated in verse 42. So now let us read in Exodus chapter number 1. The way the Bible teaches us about this episode which took place with the midwives that existed during the time where another Pharaoh rose to power who saw in the people of Israel a threat to his empire. And he commanded those midwives, the people of Israel, that any time a child, Hebrew child, was born, that they should take their, his life away. But the Bible says that these women, these midwives of the, of the uh, Hebrews, they were women who were fearful of God. They feared God. It wasn't that they were afraid of God, but they, were, they feared God in their hearts. Meaning they loved God. They loved the Lord. They didn't want to offend Him. They didn't want, they didn't want to sin. So they said, no, we're not going to commit homicide. We're not going to murder these male children. Nor, And we're just going to say to Pharaoh, when he asks us, that by the time we make it to assist the women at the, at the time of childbirth, then these, these Hebrew women have already given birth. And so that is why they we haven't been able to intervene. Because it states in verse 19, And the midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. And he, we never find that whether or not a, a child was born, because they were already born. And the Bible then states in verse 19, But... Therefore, the, it says, they commanded, they failed God, but they preserved the lives. In verse number 16 and 15, you have the command God gave them. And verse number 20 and 21, it states that God dealt, blessed these women. Verse 21 states, because they failed God. But not in the verse 21, 
because the midwives feared, but not being afraid, but rather fear because they commit, they respected his commandments and the lives of the children, the lives of those being, because that is a commandment of God, that God, even though back then he had not given them the lie of Moses, in their hearts, he had already instilled this command and he prospered their families. And God dealt well, verse 20, with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. Glory to the name of the Lord. There's a beautiful episode also we're not going to be able to read, which we find in 1 Kings 18, 1 4, through 4, which talks to us about a man whose name was Abdiah, who, who Ahab called the king at the time. Ahab's wife was Jezebel. They were wicked, and they began to kill all the prophets of the people of Israel back then. And Abdiah, the Bible states that he was a fear, a man fearful of God, not because of fearful, because he was afraid, but rather because he loved God. And out of love, he protected the prophets and brought water, and he hid them in caves, and he gave, brought them bread and food for them to save and preserve their lives. Which is another example also that's very beautiful as to how the Bible illustrates through people who out of fear of God, not because of being afraid, but out of love for God, they honor the Lord and never did they offend Him, but rather they strive to please Him and to fulfill the commandments of heaven. Now let us see an example when there isn't no fear of God. And in this example, we see they, they, they didn't care absolutely anything, just as it may happen today with people whom the wicked, evil one comes and takes possession of with his spirits. And these people are moved by their own flesh. And these people commit sins and abominations in the sight of God. And they don't care. And they don't care whether God may be offended, whether God is seeing them. Because they know God sees them. They know God exists. They know God lives. But they keep sinning and they don't care. And... It is an example we find in Ezekiel. Let us read Ezekiel chapter number 8. Here we find the way how in the temple there were the elders of the house of Israel and also some of the rulers with Incense, burning incense with the censers in their hands and on the walls. They were drawing unclean animals, reptiles, and doing everything that is opposite. Raising up idols, the complete opposite to what God had established since the beginning, which we read in Exodus 20, where we read that they could not, could not do an image or make an image or likeness of anything on earth or under the, the, the earth or up in, in the sky, in the heavens with God. He said, do not make gods to be with me. And the word, the walls themselves of the temple were once where they were burning incense, honoring those images, those paintings. And it states, just so you can read it thoroughly at home, Ezekiel 8, but... We're going to read specifically verse 12. And he said to me, son of man, meaning a prophet, Ezekiel, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Because the fear of God st starts from that base, from that premise that God is seeing us. 
both in dark as in the light, because there's nothing hidden from his presence. In fact, the Bible talks about the seven eyes of the Lord in Zechariah, for example, and implying the presence of God and his power to search and so that no action or behavior from human beings in any nation on the face of the earth will escape the, the eyes of the Lord. But no, even though they knew that they didn't care, and they offended God, and they kept sinning, just as today this can happen, and it happens a lot. And that is why if there is someone who is new to church, who are starting to come, our invitation is for you to turn away from that way of looking at life, of viewing life, and that you may start to read the scriptures so that you have repentance and so that there may be true fear of God so the person may want to truly please him and not offend him. But these people, they offended the Lord and they didn't care about offending him. And that's why it states verse 12, what they do in, in the dark, comma, every man in the room of his idols, for because they thought, oh, because it was, it was in their room and it was in secret, God wasn't looking at them. For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. That was their mindset. Now we're going to see examples of people who heard the word of God and they began to feel the purpose of wanting to change, of walking toward the path of God, which is the invitation we issue to everyone is coming to church. Those who have already been in the church, you must walk that fear of God quickly and repent. But those of you who are starting to come, our invitation is that you start to walk on that path toward starting to feel two main things in your heart. On the one hand, it is going to help you to feel afraid. Afraid that God may punish you or God may manifest to your life, himself to your life. Because God is looking at all things. And God at any moment, he can send punishment, harsh punishment. That might help you a lot to feel that fear. But don't just get stuck with on fear, hung up on fear, but rather say, I'm not going to hung up on fear. I'm going to love God and I don't want to offend God. I want to please him. I'm going to pay attention to what God speaks. I'm going to seek God. That, for example, is to, applicable during the pandemic. In the midst of all the situation we're living, people should reflect and say, this is a message that doesn't come from man, it comes from God. Humankind hasn't been able to solve this. God is speaking to us. I am here, partaking of the miracles of the Lord, of the doctrine of the knowledge, of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's how, fearful, how fearful is it? Everything that is happening, it can come to our lives. This will help you, but I'm not going to stick to fear, to being afraid. I'm going to love God. I'm not going to do things out of fear of punishment, but rather because God deserves my love, that I don't offend him, that I value him. And we're going to see two examples where we saw those situations. In Exodus, let us read chapter number nine, where the plagues of Egypt came. 
the people of Israel were seeing, the people of Egypt rather were seeing the way God manifested himself. And when Moses went up and spoke to Pharaoh, and Moses at this time went and said to Pharaoh, God is going to send a plague. Let there be no man or animal outside because with this is people are going to die with the hail. And the Bible states that those who heeded Moses, the word of God, and feared in their heart, God blessed them and would fear and bless them. And those who didn't value at all that word, not out of fear, not because not out of valuing that God speaks to human being, then two evil would befall him. So there were two paths before them. So Exodus here. Chapter 9, you can read it starting with verse 19 through 21. But in verse 20, it states, He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of the Pharaoh feared, meaning not only being afraid, but also they started to value the word of God. That is what we would like people who are new to church start to do, value the doctrine and everything the Holy Spirit speaks to us, the general prophecies we've received from our sister Mary Luisa. Those messages from God where he tells us that we should read the Bible, that we should pray, that we should play, please play, praise the Lord, that we should turn away from sin, that we should seek God. Then it states, among the servants of the Pharaoh, may the servants and his livestock flee to the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants on his in, his in his livestock in the field, and punishment came upon them. So let us also read in Luke chapter 23, and the way the Bible teaches us that here there was one a person that was experiencing this situation. As they faced death, Luke 23, verse number 39 states, that one of the criminals repented and valued God. Not only did he experience being, af you know, being afraid because death was a reality that he was faced facing, but especially he took a step toward fearing God when he respected the Lord, when he acknowledged Him as God, when he said that he had been unfairly tried and that he was being punished, unfairly punished. And he asked the Lord to, be, to have mercy on him and remember him in, in, his, in paradise. And that is why he reproached the other criminal and said, because the other man was disparaging God as saying, if you're the son of God, go, come down from the cross. He was mocking him, save yourself. And he was saying, what, you are dying. Are you not afraid of death? Not even that, because that is also useful. That's also useful for you to feel afraid just so that you think and wake up. Meaning, you don't need, you're not even afraid you're going to die. You're not going, you're not, you don't know where you're going. And you've led a unrighteous life and you've been a criminal and you've stolen from people and you failed God and you're not afraid. Not only that, not only are you offending God with that because you're not even fearing what is coming upon you, but in addition, you're disparaging the Lord. It cannot be 
Do you not even fear God? When it says, do you not even fear God? He was saying, are you not afraid of God? Meaning, there are several passages in the Bible where you f read the word fear, especially where you have it, like, a, like in verse 43, when you fear God, and it is referring to fear, where you can feel the person must fear and be afraid of God, because there should also be a sense of, of being afraid of apprehension to punishment. The fact that a, per, a person is not God, a person who stays defenseless and cannot do anything, no matter how says wise or scientific, the person cannot do anything. And being in a situation of incapacity and weakness in life, of, of situations that overcome him. So he said, the other one answering, rebuked him saying, do you not even fear God seeing you're under the same condemnation? Verse 40, don't you even fear God even though being this, and you say to him to save himself? And to finish off, we are going to see examples of cases wherein being afraid or fear was present to help them think back and reflect and repent. Situations where fear was with them and it was something because they feared God. For example, in Genesis chapter 3, where man and women failed God. What has man done when he has feared God? They hide. They flee. That's what human beings do. They stop coming to the congregation. They no longer want to watch those sermons because they know they're sinning. And what is the reaction? That That's the reaction, to, to flee or hide. And being afraid. In the long run, it's a step that should help the person reflect and should help the person turn to God and repent and love the Lord. So it states, verse 10, Genesis 3, when God called man and he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. There it is, the example. Matthew 25 25, we're going to see another example where when the Lord gave talent, the talents to his servants. And it states here in verse 25, Matthew 25, that there was one whom he gave two talents and one talent to another one. And when he said, where are my talents? They said, no, we were, we were afraid. We were afraid and we hid it. We hid it. That's also a reaction of human beings when they are leading an unrighteous life before God. States here, verse 25, And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But no, people, human beings, they should not get stuck thinking of this because they said, Oh, we know you are a harsh man. that You, you demand what you have not sown. Well, if that is the way, then act differently. If that's what you think, that God is going to punish you and that God is strict. Well, yeah, God is, hard, is strict, but you should change and repent. And don't just stay there feeling, being afraid, but rather repent and love God and ask Him to change your, the way you are and behave. And don't offend God anymore. Also, the Bible teaches us in Luke 12, verse 4. Luke 12, verse 4. The Bible is teaching us about the same topic. 
which is that here the Lord is teaching, saying, well, be afraid of he who can condemn people. Yeah, that helps. That should also help you because if nothing helps you and if you sin and sin and keep sinning and you say, I can't stop sinning, I keep sinning, but I am not capable. Where well, at least think about what is going to happen when you die. Are you not afraid of he who can send you into condemnation and hell? At least that should help you. But don't just stay being afraid, but rather seek love toward God. Seek to not offend Him. Seek to honor Him, to value Him. It states, verse number 4, And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have not no more that they can do, but I will show whom you should fear. When He says whom you should fear, it is who should, whom you should you be afraid of. Fear Him. Fear Him means be afraid of Him. After he has killed, who can kill? Who can take your life? God. He has pow power to cast into, into hell. God. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Yes, be afraid of him too. When it says fear of God, mean it, it means love him. Do not offend him. When it says be afraid of him, most passages or in the dependent context is be afraid. Be afraid and change and Walk the path of fear of, of the fear of God. Don't just stay being afraid, but go, move on to loving God. And Genesis 20, for example, where, where we find that these people were afraid when the king intended to take Sarah as his wife, being Sarah, the wife of Abraham. And Abimelech was here from the Philistines and he intended to keep to, to take Sarah because he asked Abraham, who is she? And Abraham said, she is my sister. And surely he, he, she was his sister. But when Abimelech intended to take her for his wife, God intervened in a dream. And in verse 6 states, then God said to him in a dream, or in verse 3, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, indeed you are a dead man because of the woman you have whom you have taken. That should make you feel afraid for God to come to you in a dream and say, don't do that. It's the minimum, the bare minimum to be afraid so that then the person will want to love God and then the person will want to fear God. And verse 8, so Abimelech immediately went and told Abraham, what did you do to me? You're, here's your wife. Well, you were going to make me sin, but God came to me and he, he told all his servants and all the people. He told them, look at what happened. God spoke to me. God speaks. God lives. And what happened with them? They were all afraid. That's why it says that they were all of, they all fear. They were very afraid. But it's good for people to know that God exists and for God, people to be afraid to be to fear God and for them to be afraid of God in the beginning and then for people to then begin to love God. That's what helps a nation too. If people were fearful or afraid that if they work at a government entity, for instance, and they're going to steal money that is public or they're going to work for a private company and they're going to steal from their boss. No, I'm afraid. God is going to punish me. I'm not going to do it. That helps you very much. That is the only thing that truly helps the transformation that is real and true in people in a nation. 
And then people will then say, I'm not just going to stick to fear, being afraid. I'm going to love God. I'm not going to offend him. And I'm not going to sin against my neighbor. That is the true transformation of human beings. And that is the true treasure in the gospel. So it states, So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ear hearing. And the men were very much afraid. Very much afraid. They were afraid. And that is why the Bible in 1 John chapter number 4 states that sure enough, when you are have love of, of God you when you love God you do not sin you do not offend him you 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 do not be are you're not afraid of anything because you know that God is with us but when you are not in love when you do not love him and you're sinning you know that you know you know that you have to be afraid and be scared you have to be afraid because punishment is forthcoming and so First John chapter 4 verse 18 states, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love is to love God, the love of God, not offending Him. It is to not fail Him. It is to please Him. It is to comply with His commandments. There is no fear. Fear there, it's like being afraid. But there's no, there's no reason to be afraid. Be because... But perfect love casts out fear. So that fear is like being afraid because fear involves torment, of course. You're afraid of being tor of torment, of being punished. But if you're behaving well, there's nothing to fear. And as the Bible states in Ecclesiastes, the, the, the end of the, the summary, the, this, the speech is to fear God. And that is, of course, this. And as Ecclesiastes also says, even if the wicked man and the evil says that they do well in life doing poorly, no, doing wicked actions, know that if you are a fearful person of God, you will do well in life and you will do a lot better in this life and in eternity. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let us rise and let us pray for our petitions and desires that we may have in our hearts. Blessed Heavenly Father, we love you and honor you with all the strength of our hearts. You are our life, our everything, you are our happiness, our joy. Lord of glory, we beg that you help us so that we know how to behave as the Bible states in the fear of God and the love and reverence and dedication and submission in respect and admiration and value him, your perfect word, your manifestation as the living God. The, the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. May you, O God of glory, help us so that forsaking the path of being afraid of punishment, may we go onto the path of fearing God and the true dedication to you, perfection to serve you, Lord, so that you may dwell in our hearts and that you awaken the spiritual gifts. Give us power from on high, and that you make us instruments in your hands who are a good testimony as good believers, as good parents, as good citizens and neighbors, as good people. So that your word is exalted and known and many want to follow you, love you and revere you and honor you as it should be. O God of glory, 
remove wickedness, the traps from the evil one, spirits of diseases, of death, this virus, this spirit, Lord, remove, take away the strength of, the, of evil and protect and preserve your people and put walls around them that they be protected and prospered and saved by heaven. Thank you, Lord, you are worshipped and beautiful. Thank you for our sister Maria Luisa for all the things you have placed upon her, for everything that she means to your people. As the spiritual worldwide spiritual leader, we ask you for your protection and for the best of your blessing for her and for all your people around the world. That they all are opening their hearts to you and want to strive and wants to fight on and they love your things. I ask you that you bless them and you manifest yourself with great spiritual experiences to them all so that they all know that you exist and you live and that they all from that premise, which is to fear you from that beginning, from of that respect, being afraid of punishment, may they also build unto the perfect love toward you. May it be so. Thank you, Lord. We love you. May the God of glory cleanse our bodies from any disease. May the God of glory protect us. May the Most High Lord give us triumphant victory according to His promises. May he grant us the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. May it be so to the whole church of the Lord be blessed. Protected and prospered and the people who are starting to come to the path of heaven. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Glory to God. Let us sing chorus 169, Great King is the Lord. Powerful, how great is our Lord. His soul lives forever and ever. A big hug to you all. May God bless you. May God save you so long.